You're listening to SA Talk, your favorite local podcast for everything San Antonio. I'm your host and favorite financial professional, Zachary Espericueta. Today is Monday, September 12th. Hope everyone has had a great weekend, a great few weekends, really. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode of SA Talk, so bear with me. As you know, football season, which is my favorite season of the year, has gotten started. Um, but that's not really the main thing keeping me busy. The main thing is what I mentioned on the last episode, which is my business. This is also a busy season for for my work, really, in that I'm giving the campus presentations. I'm meeting with the teachers that have signed up through the presentations to go along with the already established, you know, referrals and clients that I'm already meeting with outside of the education realm. Um, And of course, I've added on Medicare since last year as another aspect of my business. So it's been a really busy time. Um, But then, of course, on the weekends, enjoying football with my family and going to the games. Um, If you already know, this past week was NFL week one. Sorry to all the Cowboy fans already. I know that was a tough loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the GOAT and Tom Brady uh, with Dak. I know, I think surgery coming up. So Dak will be out of not too great of a start for the Cowboys fans. Um, If you follow me on social media, you know, I'm a huge Los Angeles Chargers fan. We picked up the week one W against the hated Raiders. It was nice to see Justin Herbert and the Chargers defense come up huge this past Sunday. And then, of course, college football is in full swing. Uh, week two was this past weekend. Week three is coming up. If Again, if you follow me on social media, you probably saw that my girlfriend and I are first year season ticket holders for UTSA. Um, I, I know I brought up the Los Angeles Chargers early in the NFL, but bringing it back to San Antonio, we'll talk about UTSA, right? In that, um, again, we're first year season ticket holders. We love our seats. We got to enjoy the first game of the season, the first home game uh, and game in general against Houston there at the Alamo Dome. We didn't get to tailgate this game, but we did get to enjoy the, the entire game. And a game it was, um, I can't even describe it. If you didn't watch it, I mean, you should have been there. It was just a miraculous um, game in that we were ahead and then Houston came back and then UTSA with only 23 or 24 seconds drove down the field to tie it up. They went in a triple overtime. It was such a shame that one team had to lose. And of course, it was UTSA who lost. They didn't have um, enough magic. They fell short at the very end. And then, of course, went into another overtime game this past Saturday against Army, but this time came up with the win. Coming up, we got UT, the mothership. We got UT Austin against the Roadrunners up in Austin this coming Saturday. Myself, uh, my good friends Jaime and Jose will be going up there with our girlfriends. I'll be staying in Austin and going to that game. Hopefully we blew out uh, the stadium up there with the Roadrunner fans. It's going to be a really, really fun time up there tailgating, win or lose. I just hope it's a great game, a great experience. Haven't been up there to a UT game in a while. Um, and I also want to mention since, um, you know, been a Aggie hater my whole life, uh, rooting for UT athletics, um, I just have to mention, you know, the Aggies loss against Appalachian State probably took them lightly. I know I just posted a video that they did during their midnight yell where they pretty much the guy was describing A&M, but I guess he was trying to describe Appalachian State saying that it's in the middle of nowhere, um, which was pretty interesting. But you know what? They took them lightly and they ended up losing and getting embarrassed on national television. That was awesome to see. Um, anytime the Aggies lose is a great time for me. It made up for the for the Longhorns barely losing to the number one ranked Alabama. Uh, but 
I will end it by saying birds up, and I hope UTSA wins this coming weekend against UT. They're my alma mater. They are my number one. Another thing to note, um, the Changemakers podcast, where, of course, I highlight the people in my cohort for NLC San Antonio. Sorry for the delay on that. Again, I know it's been really busy trying to get these SA Talk episodes recorded and uploaded, edited, um, in conjunction with doing my work, of course. But I have some awesome guests coming up with Marche and Jan Ross absolute listens that you guys will have to uh, stay tuned for coming up. I think I should be able to get an episode out this Thursday. Um, and then for SA Talk, you know, got some great upcoming guests, two local authors on upcoming episodes, so stay tuned for that. But on this week's episode, I actually have Nick Lopez, the Bubble Bath CEO. If you know Bubble Bath Car Wash around San Antonio, he is the CEO. It is a family-run organization. I did not know that until I met Nick Lopez. Um, but it's a family-run organization, Roots here in San Antonio. It's just kind of cool story to hear, really, and how he was part of his family making a transition. His dad, I think, owned a, a dentist office. You know, and it's so strange going from dentistry to car washing, but they did it right. And they've been successful doing it. Um, talk about a story of entrepreneurship and, and really over the years, how Nick has leaned in to help in the community, developing programs for people out in the community, for his employees, uh, giving back as a business owner and why we shouldn't really care what people think when it comes to giving back, because we're doing just that, right? We're giving back. We have a great discussion on that. I kind of talk about my own, you know, opinion of the situation and how I feel uh, other people's perspectives looking at me trying to give back to um, with my business and my time. And then also something else that we shared is a sh- somewhat sim- similar experience is that we're business owners in NLC San Antonio, so we definitely get to talk about that. But I don't want to take away from the episode. It's a great interview, so let's get right into it. All right. Well, Nick, thank you for joining me on the podcast and joining me here on SA Talk. Really excited to have you. Another fellow NLC alum um, in the house for Woo! the podcast. So, yes, sir. Um, really, really glad to have you on and, and finally get to chat here. I am really excited to be here, man. Thank you so much. Uh, NLC class of 2018. It's just a pleasure to see NLC just continuing to grow and and become uh, such a part of this city and to really attract uh, some of the brilliant young minds that are continuing to come up in our city, like yourself, as as I am progressing to an elder, wiser (laughs) part of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, let the listeners know, you know, so obviously you're the CEO of Bubble Bath Car Wash, but, you know, how did you get to that point? How did your family get to that point? Kind of the, what are the origin stories, if you will? Oh, I give you, man. It was, uh, it was, it was kind of took us all by surprise. It wasn't something that necessarily like I grew up just, oh, I couldn't wait to wash cars when I was six. It just wasn't my thing. Um, in fact, I went to uh, school to become a psychologist and my father is a dentist. And so, um, we had just no background in car washing and through some family friends, um, we got kind of turned on to the small business of it and, um, how we could really just provide a good stable, uh, income that was, you know, uh, hard work, get your fingers dirty doing it, but stable income, good business. And at the time it was at kind of the technological forefront of the car wash community. You had kind of the self-serve model, you had the rollover model, you had stuff like wash tub, which was the full service, but it took like an hour. Um, and so this high volume, quick, uh, free vacuum model 
uh, was just starting to explode onto the scene in 2008. Um, and I was just graduating from college. Uh, we were also staring into the face of an economic recession. Um, and so I did. Uh, we, we jumped into it. My father retired from uh, dentistry. Um, I jumped in with him to build our first location. And in 2008, in November, in the midst of it all, uh, we opened up and um, we grew 30%. And we grew 30% every year uh, throughout. Because of that, we got to spend a lot of time just focusing on our product. Um, there was no worry or distraction about growth, about explosion. It was about how do we deliver the best product we can in something that we don't really know. Um, so I studied everything, man, from going to Sonny's Car Wash College in Florida to um, uh, ex hanging out with our industry um, organization, the International Car Wash Association, as well as the Southwest Regional Car Wash Association. Um, and through all of those networking and community, managed to come up with a very successful business um, that in 2012, we were finally blessed to grow to a second location. And now here in 2022, we have six operating locations and four in the build. We are San Antonio's only or last. No, there's still a couple. We are the largest locally owned uh, express car wash chain in San Antonio. Uh, everybody else is private equity owned for the most part. And we stand proud as San Antonians of seven generations, a family business that we built from the absolute ground up. We didn't do any acquisition. Everything we built from knocking stuff down and building it from the very bottom so that every bit of it was designed meticulously by me to make sure that every bit of it was perfect so that the cars I put out in San Antonio were amazing. And once we got running with that, man, like then the business took off. And after that took off, then we were able to stop and take a real look at how do we give back to a city that's given us so much? I told you we were seven generations San Antonians. That means that my whole family comes from this area. Everybody came up here. Everybody built their families here. They leaned into the systems here. They grew up in the West side and on Fredericksburg and on the South side. And all of them gave us a legacy of building this community, of continuing to give back to this city, not even to Texas, to San Antonio specifically. Um, because for my business, I, I work with the people that are three to five to seven miles around me. And that's it. I'm very highly location-based. If you are not within one of my businesses, Zach, there's no telling how many free car washes I can give you. You won't come see me and it'll hurt my feelings, but I won't hold it against you. Because people in this business go to where they are convenient. And so because of that, we've managed to uh, try to be as convenient as we can to uh, as much of San Antonio's populace as possible. And to make sure that we understand that when we give back, we want to be giving back to the local community because those are the people that support us. Nobody from Missouri is supporting me at all. And so their nonprofits don't need my money. San Antonio, however, their people support me every day. And if I'm not supporting them when they need me, when they don't have water, when they need blood, when they need help picking up trash in the back of uh, Austin Highway because of tornadoes, we're there because we care, because we're from here. This is our home. And for us, one of our core values is that 
if, if it's going to be your family, you're going to treat it like family. And that means we're going to lean in and help our community. It's so interesting hearing that story and thinking like your father went from, you know, having his dentistry mm-hmm to the car wash business and you know you were going down the path of psychology and then you go into the car wash business but i but i feel like as sort of a fellow entrepreneur i feel like when you're meant to be an entrepreneur it's like you're going to make it happen somehow like no matter what you go into um and and some of the things that i just felt like were were a little relatable um back to myself just hearing you talk nick was like you mentioned how you went like full force into learning about the business. It wasn't just something that you you thought, oh, this is a money-making tool. You know, let's just hop in it and let's just see if it works. It's like, no, we're going to do this because we see an opportunity, but I'm also going to learn how to build it to be the best it can be. I'm going to learn about this business. Like, for, like, like you mentioned, I mean, going to a, a literal college. What was the name of the college in Florida? Oh, Sonny's Car Wash. Sonny's, right. Like, like things like that, right? Those are things you technically probably don't have to do, right? But that you did. College of Clean. That was the other one I went to. Like, (laughs) Like it's investing that time and that money into learning about the industry that you're in. And I know, like I said, it relates a lot. Like, I I think about myself and my business and like, I could sit here and uh, try to grow my business without investing in myself, Right. But it's just so hard to do that as an entrepreneur. So anyways, I really like that you that you really pointed I, that I out. Shout out to your alma mater too. the UTSA Small Business Development Center helped us a ton. Um, and that had nothing to do with the car wash industry. That was just about figuring out small business. How do you how do you handle loans? How do you deal with Texas workforce? How do you deal with unemployment? Like all of those things were we're not things that I learned with my bachelor's in psychology. Like <laughs> all of those things had to be figured out. And wow, man, if I could tell you how often I did it the hard way, uh, I, I, I hate it. But there were so many people and avenues that made life just a bit easier. And I hope uh, as as I continue as, a, as an entrepreneur and as a CEO, um, that, that that's something that I can continue to give out and give back. Uh, to other small businessmen, to other car washers, is how do we keep each other from continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again? How do we make this a bit easier? Because the truth is, man, is that small business, nobody's looking to help us out. Like the, the, the mayor is not calling other small businesses trying to attract them to our city. That is not what's happening. We've got DeLorean in the city. That's wonderful. But like, were those San Antonio folk? Were that was that a mom and pop that we like? No, nobody's really looking out for us. And if we don't look out for each other, and we don't continue to build each other up, um, the Chamber of Commerce is obviously like they they give us a good shot, and they want to take our backs. Um, but we've all got to be there to work with each other uh, to continue to build this economy. Because truthfully, San Antonio and Texas economy is one of the strongest in the nation. And part of that is because of how incredible a city we have. So talk a little bit more about how Bubble Bath kind of works. You, you know, you kind of hit on it earlier when you were explaining the upbringing of the company. You talked about how it's sort of a hybrid model, if you will, in terms of oh. like, you're not washing your entire car yourself, but <laughs> you're also not doing, you know, uh, you know, you're also have the responsibility of doing the interior, whereas like wash, they'll, they'll do that too, right? You don't have right. to. I'm a very <laughs> relaxed organization, man. We're we ain't here to force you into doing anything. So you don't want to clean the inside of a car, you just rock and roll through. Maybe you'll keep your car real clean. 
<laughs> I think it's a great point because, you know, like you mentioned at Watch Tub, it literally is about an hour, right? Like you, yeah. by the time that they write the little chalk on your window and you hand over your keys over to them. I mean, I, I know my girlfriend, when she first got her car, and I think the same thing happened to me. We got like one one year free car wash right, from yeah. the dealership. And so we took advantage of that. But I remember like I would drop my car off and then I'd go to like H-E-B or something or I'd like mm-hmm. walk to a nearby store because it just took that much time from the beginning to end. Whereas in my experiences there going to bubble bath, like it's quick. I mean, you're in and out. And even even by doing the vacuuming like myself, like it's quick. And so anyway, just talk more about that business model, and why people might kind of uh, like that a little more. So we're classified in the car wash industry as an express exterior model. And, and what that means is that um, I put together a 140 foot tunnel. I fill it with all of the cleaning technology um, that I can frankly stuff into that tunnel. Um, then I put a giant computer spinal cord basically in the back room and control that whole thing with about 120 low voltage switches that runs all off of computer programming. That's all then watched by artificial intelligent cameras that make sure that everything's running correctly and has automated stops should it see anybody move outside of their designated areas. I do all of that so that I can wash cars at a pace of anywhere between 130 and 150 cars an hour. Because I can process at this speed, it means that I can put out a beautiful car that is washed, waxed, tire shined, undercarriage washed, and almost totally dry, but the rest of the water spot free in a little under two and a half minutes. I offer memberships so that people can use it on an unlimited basis because it's taken what was such a cumbersome chore and reduced it to something you can do while snagging lunch on your break uh, from work. Uh, And often people do. I can't tell you how many people I see like munching down their Whataburger as they're cruising through the wash. Because what we've also tried to deliver is less of a uh, service and more of an experience. So that because you get to stay in the car, I'm also going to try and amuse you with what I'm doing as well. So that You've got entertainment, you've got a chore done, you've got nice smells coming at you, and you've got a little time to get some eating done, and you haven't lost your entire day. Um, The Express Wash model came out about 15 years ago, and uh, while it kind of took off like fire on the East Coast, it was a little slower to develop here in town. Um, Wash Tub has, has been an extremely strong car wash partner to San Antonio for a very long time, and they're an incredible family. They have 30 plus locations in San Antonio and have been serving car washing, honestly, since before I was born. I have a lot of respect for what they do. We actually are not competitors. We do very different work. And because they do a a lot uh, more hands-on work on the car, what I can do with my machinery, I can do much, much faster. Um, So given that most cars are about the same shape, my technology is able to read it with light sensing and sonars. So we're able to get a basic image of the car. And with that, the computers use that to then time all the rest of the equipment all the way through. In that way, I can also reduce labor, reduce contact. um, And it's given us the ability to offer a lot of service in a very short time for as many clientele as we can push through there. I can wash upwards of 1,500 cars per location in a day. 
And it's so quick. It really is. Like I like I mentioned earlier, when whenever I go there, I mean, like you said, the car wash takes about what two minutes or like mm-hmm. to go so actually we're through. Under three and a half minutes. Just uh, two two minutes and 40, 48 seconds, as I recall. I actually had somebody complain about that once. They didn't get their <laughs> full three minutes. She was pissed, and I was like, "But but I did it faster than I told you I would. I was just trying to overpromise <laughs> or underpromise and overdeliver." <laughs> So, so once that, that short car wash is over, then I pull into a spot, I would just take my carpets out, I'd vacuum, and I'd take the carpets to the little machine where you run the carpets through, mm-hmm. and vacuums it for it, and then i just get in the little vending machine, i just get one of my little trees, the yep. air freshener, and get it from my car, and I'm done. It's like 20 minutes, you know? Yep. <laughs> Amenities really became the name of the game, too. So we offer free <clears throat> vacuums, free towels, free mat cleaner, free air for your tires. If you notice when your tires is a little low... And then all of our new locations uh, and our Clever location feature uh, free air guns as well. So you can kind of blow out the dust uh, on the interior of the car. I noticed that. That at first, I didn't know what it, like, I, I mean, obviously I figured it out, but I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I just saw, I looked around and I saw other people using it. I was like, well, I guess I can use it for these little, you know, niches or, you know, just so I could get through there. Um, it, it was real helpful. But, you know, Nick, earlier you, you talked about getting to the point in your business journey of wanting to give back to the community, right? And, and and something that I noticed while looking at the website was the bubble bath promise, right? So give the listeners a little detail, a little more into that promise. You know, we know each other through uh, NLC. And, and one of the reasons that I went to NLC is because in 2018, I had a bit of a crisis of faith as a uh, as a president, as an entrepreneur, if you will. And it was that really that uh, my heart lends hard towards helping. And I felt like all I was doing was making money. Um, we were washing cars, things were going good. Um, we were doing some work in the community, but it just simply wasn't fulfilling. And I was considering uh, getting out of the business, uh, moving on to something else, I took a look at politics. Um, and what they managed to, to guide me, and, and in some ways I found myself, is that I had an incredible uh, amount of resource and, and power, truthfully, to orchestrate and initiate good in our community at my own, at my own agenda, frankly, where I was learning and meeting and exploring the worlds of nonprofit and charity work. Um, and seeing just the struggle of how much work has to be put to the side because so much time has to be spent soliciting funds just to run the business or to pay the people that are doing all the work. And those people alone are working for pennies on the dollar, doing work that make, I mean, honestly makes all of your heart just scream with feelings and love. And this realization also came with, with kind of some environmental catastrophe in, here in San Antonio. And out of just impulse, we were in uh, Austin Highway helping friends drag trees out of their yards and then their neighbors out of their yards. And we saw 18-wheelers with HEB logos headed towards Houston when there were floods and memes flying about. I don't need FEMA, I have my grocery store, which I found to be amazing. 
And it was this understanding that, wait a second, like HP is not a nonprofit. They're very much for-profit business, but look at the change they're affecting in communities, especially when they're needed. This is not just like, oh, hey, here's my donation to whatever that's, you know, just kind of an ongoing thing. There was also some strategic emergency response, frankly, marketing that was going on there that said if something was going to happen, they were going to respond. And in 2018, we kind of came upon the same understanding was that we'd now built a great business. We had an excellent future. We had the ability to help, to make change. And not only that, but the response to it is very positive, extremely positive. In fact, I think we are still the number one business voted by next door in that community. And it was because we stopped what we were doing for a day and went to lend a hand. That inspired the creation of what ended up being packaged all together as Bubble Bath Promise. Um, it wasn't called that then. What it ended up being is, is kind of just a reprioritization of what we understood our call was. And that was that we needed to respond to the needs of our community and not be worrying about sending money to Susan B. Coleman. We needed to be paying attention to what was going on in the three to seven mile radiuses and to our communities and neighborhoods right around us. Because these are the people that really mattered to us. Not only that, but they cared when we showed up. It mattered to them. It was something that was important to them. It was important to us. And so we, we started there and we moved off that and we, we rounded up all the other car washers in town um, and got everyone to give out a free car wash if they donate blood during COVID. We uh, ran hoses out from the spot free machines during snowpocalypse to let people fill up water um, because saws couldn't clear the, clean the water, but I clean water, man. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> so you could get a car wash and then fill up a few jugs of, of drinkable spot free water. We leaned into veterans organizations. I donate to make sure to donate to NLC every year. Um, and we started looking at where not only our money could be affected, but also our help, also our good ideas, also our access to community. Um, one of my proudest moments is, is when organically ideas that fit this value system are derived not from me or the people I pay, but out of our staff. Our marketing director came up with a Christmas card idea to give, let Christmas cards get filled out by our, our staff, or not our staff, excuse me, our customers. We left them at the point of sale systems. And people ran through and filled out Christmas cards and we gave them meals on wheels who then delivered them to people in hospice care who couldn't get visited by their significant others and loved ones during the holidays. You can't get better than that. And that's coming as a leader. There's nothing better than seeing your values impressed upon the people that you lead and their ideas exploding into ways that change the city in beautiful, compassionate and empathetic ways. There's just nothing better than that. And so Bubble Bath Promise became four tenants. And that was supporting our neighbors, nurturing the next generation, looking at education and arts. We built a, um, I built a tiny uh, car wash at the Duseum 
and put money there as well. Um, not only are they right there, um, but it is the coolest toy that I have ever gotten to build ever. Like it was like a, just an absolute <laughs> passion project, man. I love that one so much. Um, serving those who serve and protecting our planet. Um, we do, we work real hard to make sure that um, we're conserving water, we're using solar panels, recycling as much as possible, dealing with our trash, and we use all biodegradable chemicals. I'll say something about um, our water saving. We, uh, we only use anywhere between 17 and 26 freshwater gallons per vehicle. In your driveway, it's average about 180 gallons. In the bathtub, you're filling about 50 gallons, right? So I'm using 19. Right now, San Antonio is staring down the barrel of stage four water restrictions. Our aquifer has never been lower. Um, bubble bath is a SAWS water certified water saver. And when those restrictions do get enacted, if they do, and maybe they won't because we've been having this gorgeous rain. It's been so <laughs> lovely to wake up this morning. Oh my God, I woke up this morning. And it was cloudy outside. Hadn't been that way in five and a half months. Sorry, a moment. <laughs> um, that car washes will be shut down who do not uh, conserve water. Um, and because we are certified, uh, not only can we host anybody's charity uh, car wash functions, but they do allow us to continue operating uh, with those big, heavy water restrictions. Um, so if it does go crazy, come and see Bubble Bath. We still will be open washing cars. Well, I like that you talked about that. And I think that, you know, something I've thought about recently um, as as an entrepreneur trying to grow my business, but also find a way to give back. It's something that I've put a lot of thought into the last, I'd say, year or so. Um, and I was actually having this conversation with another fellow uh, NLC alum of Katie White over at Family Service. And, you know, her and I were having the conversation and I told her, like I said, something I, I kind of not struggle with, but think about a lot is I think about larger businesses and how they're able to give a lot of money, right? Because they maybe they have the money to do so. But for someone like maybe myself, who's still in the early stages of, of starting their own business, I don't necessarily have the money to give back, but where I can help is giving my time, you know? Right. And, and she stopped me there and she was like, no, she's like, I don't want you to think of it that way. You know, I don't want you to think of it that way because that time is extremely valuable. Sure. Like money, money is valuable, but time can be just as valuable because you're, you're feeling in a spot that no one else is, is possibly feeling at that moment in time, Absolutely. right? Whether it's volunteering. And so I, I just want to say, number one, I, I applaud the effort that you and Bubble Bath is doing for the city and, and the neighbors, right? Um, but it's just something that I, I think about a lot and how I can give back. And another reason I think about it a lot is because some of the things I do to give back is like I'll volunteer to uh, to partner up with, there's an initiative called Healthy Neighborhoods, mm -hmm. if you've heard it through the city. And um, sometimes what they'll do is they'll go to Saha residences and they'll do like senior bingo, but like nutrition bingo, right? And I volunteer my time by helping out with the bingo. Mm -hmm. Now on the business side of things, you can see it as well. I'm getting in front of seniors and Medicare is also something, it's part of my business is what I do, okay. right? Um, other things I do is like I'll help and do meals on wheels, maybe, you know, an hour or two here and there throughout the month. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's just giving my time. Somebody made a comment to me and it wasn't like a close friend or anything like that, but someone made a comment one time like, 
don't you think that's the wrong way to do it? Because, you know, you're not really doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself and you're trying. And it's like, I don't know. And I thought, I think about that a lot. Mm. I think about that a lot because sure, sure. That's my clientele that I'm helping. And, and sure, there might be a chance that later on they may ask me for help. And I hope they do. But again, it's, it's me giving back the way I see it is me, number one, giving back in general to the community. But number two, I'm giving back to literally my clientele that I'm helping anyways. So, and I know they need the help. You know, man, that is such a fun one. It's just like the, the, the real question is, is, is altruism real? Is it, is it philosophically possible to like give something without getting anything back? Um, because you can always make the argument that, I mean, even with a psychology background, if I go and help family services, just because I wanted to go help family services, at the end of the day, the dopamine drip that I got from it is still something I got out of it. The feel goods that it's still, there is, there is always a consequence to your actions, regardless of what, of what the action is and to, to act like, or to feel guilty for the idea that there is a consequence for every action seems disingenuous to me. I, I've struggled many times with the same, the same issue. Um, a lot of times to me, I almost feel like, um, like it's something the nonprofits put onto us (laughs) (laughs) because they're like, Hey, we're working for nothing and we can't get any money. And now you want to come and use your money and you get all the feely goods, but it's marketing for you anyways. I hate you. And yeah, I get that. Like, it makes sense. Like I said, I mean, part of, part of what drove me to, to keep working uh, in the for-profit world uh, and trying to change my philosophy and points of view on what my real goals are with being in a for-profit business stemmed from some of that, from seeing just how hard these people were working to initiate change while also trying to solicit funds and while also trying to organize a business and also, and also, and also. Like, good God, there's like enough things to do in business without having to worry about (laughs) not making money. I know that the amount of money that I can put into doing good, if I get to also use my marketing budget, triples. Because what I can do when I start looking at the crossover of my uh, goal sets and needs, I find places of intersection. Yeah, I have a, I need to market my business. That is a goal for my business. I absolutely have to. People got to know my name. People got to know me in this city. Goal for my business is also that I want to do good and work and change and help the people in the community that I serve. Great cross section. These are two places that don't need or should be uh, separate. It's ridiculous that they are. Absolutely. And frankly, I think that the idea that we keep pushing that it has to be different stay keeps so much money out of doing good because people feel bad about it like i don't to hell with it i stopped feeling bad about it forever ago because i saw the difference it was making in people's lives i saw how happy people were when i showed up with a two thousand dollar check for a nonprofit that was desperate for it because they need the money to get their goals done so i just put that crap to bed and i honestly believe that when you when you actually go out and talk to the people uh, to the nonprofits, to their, their representatives and the people that work in there, you will find that they believe exactly like Katie does. 
They're not interested in your self-serving guilt. They don't care. They didn't want you to feel guilty in the first place. What they want you to do is help them because they're dying. They need the, they need a hand. They need the cash. They need labor. They need time. They need you to be creative. The Christmas card idea, that thing cost me like 200 bucks. It didn't cost me anything. Is running water out to the community? I mean, yeah, I had some water costs, but I mean, negligible, man. Nothing, nothing in even comparison to my bottom line that I would have noticed. Giving out free car washes, that's a little, well, a little more, but something that I do very regularly for advertisement and promotion. So all of those things were really low cost, cheap ways of initiating action and change in town without a huge budget, without having to say, oh man, I got to spend $150,000 making sure that I'm the title sponsor for this year's Leukemia Society Gala. Like, it's just not, that's not bubble bath. Like, I mean, sure, we'll grab a table. But like, that's not where our money has been most effective. That's not where our time has been most effective. And frankly, like, that's not where we've been most effective. The places where we've been most effective, where people have said, wow, thank you for coming out, was grabbing a trailer and a couple of buddies to go drag trees. It, it didn't cost us anything. Like it, it cost me labor. Like I'm paying for that anyways. Like we're not talking about six figure expenditures, just talking about having some empathy and compassion and looking at where you can be helpful. I read on somebody something, heck it may have been another NLC or there was this, uh, it was like, don't ask me or don't tell me like, Call me if you need anything. It's such a vague like way to respond to somebody when they're in crisis. Um, call me if you need anything. Well, they don't know what the hell they need. In fact, most people don't know what they need most of the time. If you can be the person that figures out or at least try to figure out how you can be helpful, how you can fulfill some of that need, you pull away all the stress and anxiety from that person, put it on yourself, and you actually do some work and help. Well, well, something else that you do, and I know Victoria had mentioned this when we were planning out this podcast. Uh, so shout out to Victoria. Shout out to um, Victoria. Victoria's awesome. She's that marketing <laughs> person I was talking about. Uh, something else that was brought up was a, a kind of a new training program that Bubble Bath is looking to implement um, in terms of maybe showing internally uh, this is a way of obviously internally helping helping people out, right? Is showing how someone can go from just entry level into maybe taking on more of a senior role at a location. Um, and and sometimes when I when I saw that, I I thought back to my my times at at Frostbank when I used to work in the corporate world, and that was something that I, I struggled with at times because. A lot of, you know, they always say, the old saying goes is that it's it's who you know, right? Hmm. In terms of like moving up. And, and, that's, and that can be very true. It's not true for everyone or every situation, but it can be very true. And it, the reason it's true is because that person is helping you out. That person can show you a way. That person's like, hey, look, this is how I moved up, blah, blah, blah. There's, again, every person's situation is different. But what I thought about is like, I wish my managers and management at the time would show me a way and I, I would do my best to try to find a way, right, to grow in that organization. But it's like, what avenues are there? I don't know every single position, every single department that's here or all the different roles within every department. I don't know. But if you can show me a way and you can 
show that you care a little bit about my growth, it's like, well, that might help me out um, in, in terms of my growing my career. So anyways, I think about all that. That's my specific example at a totally different company, right? Um, but I, I think about that when I see something uh, like Bubble Bath trying to implement a new training program, maybe showing that path in a sense. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's some car washers out in Colorado. Uh, guy's got a saying, he loves to say that we're a, we're a people business and we just happen to wash cars. You know, running a business in this, for lack of a better word, category, um, where you're dealing with, uh, a lot of, um, low paying hourly labor. Um, a lot of it's transient. There's not, there's not a great, reputation isn't the word. Um, you know what I mean? Like nobody wakes up in the morning. It's like, man, I want to wash cars every day. Like, it's just not, it's not glitzy. It's not glamorous. It's not, you know, you can pay people to go on the news. Like you can pay them $19,000 a year and they're happy to do it. Uh, this is, and, and they've got a line of people waiting to do it. <laughs> Me, I, I'm offering people $15 an hour and we're, you know, hoping to find more people uh, every day. And we're always hiring because this is, um, this is not easy work. It is not complex, but it's not easy, man. Uh, this is hard work. It's 105 degrees outside. You're standing in uh, 100% humidity all the time. It's nonstop. It's loud. Um, you are sweating constantly. And on top of that, you can almost be certain that at least two to three people are going to treat you as subhuman because... Uh, well, that's where customers have gotten uh, as a society. And it's kind of weird and lame and sad. Um, but man, the way people have treated some of my folk uh, over the years have been nothing short of incredibly disgusting. Um, and so the people that are, are brave enough and tough enough and crazy enough to fall in love with this business and to do it every day, in my opinion, deserved to be treated with the, not only the utmost respect, but with the understanding that they're going, uh, well, with the understanding they need uh, a job that's going to take care of them. That if they've got issues, they can go home and afford to pay for those issues. That they can um, have enough time off to take care of family problems and personal problems and mental issues and whatever else it is that we as businessmen often are given the ability to callously just ignore and say, hey, you need to be here and you need to be working and you do a smile on your face and I don't care uh, because that's what it is. So we work very hard to uh, make sure that not only our staff knows that we love the heck out of them, but that we know that they are the face of the company, that I am the least important person at Bubble Bath. I hate when I walk in and one of them grabs the door for me. Like, dude, no, stop it. Like, I should be holding your door, man. Do not treat me like I am some sort of venerable character here. I am a support, I'm su supporting cast. I'm the guy in all black doing the set changes. That's my job. Like, these guys are front and center doing the work every day. And so, yeah, we start them at a high minimum wage of $15 an hour. We push up to there. My team leaders make 20. My managers start at 45 and push all the way into the 60s and 70,000s a year. I pay 100% insurance, 100% dental. We have 401k. We look after the kids in every way we can possibly think of. And that includes 
uh, buying porticools for them this year, for them to stand in front of shade, long sleeve UV protection. We buy sunscreen by the absolute gallon. We've got Gatorade, waters. We give guys regular breaks, we rotate them. And we do all that so they make sure they know we love them. But we also know that because this is the kind of business where 50% of my staff, if maybe, if, and that actually may be light, is Gen Z and mostly under the age of 23, I have an incredible opportunity to mentor. These guys come to me, some of them have never picked up a wrench before. Some of them have never worked before. They don't know, some of them don't know anything from clocking out to having a bank account, credit, none of it. And they don't have the guidance or anyone to let them know what's what. And so in 2020, when I finally got a week to sit down for a minute, because we were closed for a week, uh, part of the one of the things that I started really working into was a digitized training program. Um, I'd been doing it paper and word of mouth before then. Um, and so we created with another NLCer uh, five uh, modules that uh, welcomed and brought people into our organization and organization and really explained who we are, what our beliefs are, and how we planned on improving and growing them. Um, and then we joined up with the International Car Wash Association as they were in the midst of creating their uh, lead management training program uh, and became one of their pilots and worked real hard with them. Uh, to create a 13-module management training program that takes them from anywhere from leadership to communication to uh, marketing, sales, all of it. A fully comprehensive management training program so that when guys leave my organization, they have a much clearer picture of some of just the basics of being in work, how to send appropriate emails, appropriate conversation, uh, appropriate conversations for in internal uh, messaging systems, text, Slack, whatever it is. When people leave my organization, they leave in two ways. Some of them leave uh, either upset or angry because they've been fired or let go because they couldn't simply meet to our way. The others leave because they found better opportunities and they leave in celebration because that's my hope. That's what I want. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be able to keep every person that comes through my doors as a part of my team. However, I can make a significant difference in the lives that they have and the, the ways they respond so that they can go on to better jobs to become more and more successful. Because if they can learn the foundation and the basics here, they've got everything they need to keep moving. The only thing I can't train is motivation. If you're motivated, I'll give you everything else you need. That's our policy. All of my senior staff guys, the people that run this organization were grown from the very bottom. They started as guys scrubbing cars, frankly, just like me, just scrubbing a car, making sure a job got done. And then we've trained and we've learned and we've learned and we've learned. My senior staff touts four people that have all been here over five years. One's been here 14, another seven. They've been with me a long time because they love it here and they've taken ownership of the business. And for whatever reason, they've trusted me to allow me to make decisions that affect their lives. And I hope that I lead them with humility and with grace and, and a whole lot of apologizing because I know that <laughs> I don't do things perfectly ever. Um, but it is, 
it is a pleasure and an honor to, to have gotten this far, um, not only in business, but with this community um, and with these folk. Um, I don't think me and dad ever saw us being here, frankly. I, when we got into this, it was, it was going to be a single location that washed cars and put some money on the table to make sure that, you know, things were okay as we got older. And out of it grew a juggernaut that allows us to do an absolute incredible amount of good in the city. And it's truly something that we're both very, very proud of. Um, we built a business together from the ground up. Um, and it's kind of a shining example of what happens when family works together well. Um, is it tough? Of course. Did we have to communicate and learn how to deal with those things? Absolutely. But we trusted family, we relied on blood, and it worked out. Doesn't always happen, but this time it worked, and it's awesome. I like that. I really like that. Now, as a fellow NLC alum, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask yes, your sir. experience going through NLC. And this isn't the NLC podcast. I have a separate series for that. Sure, in my sure, 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 uh, sure, sure. But All right, we more specifically, <laughs> but more specifically for yourself, I- I'm curious to know your experience as a business owner. Because typically in those cohorts, there are folks that come from nonprofits Mm -hmm. or they work in a nonprofit or they're in school still. Or I know I I think we had someone who is journalism, someone who works in politics. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of business owners in the cohort. And certainly Um, not of my category. And and if I remember correctly from mine, I'm kind of mentally going through every single classmate of mine. I think I was the only one who was in the business of of having to scrounge up money for myself, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's what I want to kind of hear from you, Nick, is like your your experience as a business owner going through NLC. Oh, I mean, frankly, I thought I was invaluable. I uh, I celebrate being special, man. Like clearly, an extrovert who likes being a spotlight, and to be somebody unique in NLC, well, frankly, was a bit of a privilege. I didn't expect to be sitting with such uh, just incredibly driven type A motivated people that make uh, somebody like me, who's kind of a goofy car washer who, who does that. I mean, I, I've never felt, I've never felt so uh, intimidated really <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> I mean, these people just, what an incredible group of talented individuals who just care more than you can ever imagine and will just work harder than anyone can for just nothing. And it's just insane to me. I think I, I tell more of them more often when I get on the phone, Hey, when's the last time you took a vacation? Then like anything I talk about, I'm just always encouraging them to chill some. Wow. Frankly, as offering a different pathway to accomplish good, I think was incredible for NLC uh, and at least our cohort. Uh, Many of the things that that I'm most proud of um, that I've done with my business spawned out of uh, networking out of NLC. Uh, Friends of mine who either saw an opportunity that they knew that I'd be interested in, or I was able to make a phone call and find an opportunity through them. Uh, I mentioned earlier the Duseum. Um, and the baby car wash that I have there that my little girl can ride a Tyco car through her daddy's car wash. You can't imagine what that does for my heart. That came because one of the women from my 
cohort happened to be their grants chair and walked in and noticed that nobody had done anything with the tiny car wash in Littletown. And next to it was the Whataburger truck and the HEB grocery store and the USAA bank. And dude, I'm a brand of San Antonio. Those are the brands that I want to stand with. I was super happy to be able to do that. And I got to call my manufacturer and we made a car wash out of actual car wash wrap material. Like that's a, that stuff is for real. Um, it's legit. The only difference is we don't use wood cores. We use metal ones, but we figured safety first. Um, the rest of it, the lights, all of it just came right out of like my storage houses. It was awesome. Um, when COVID hit, I was able to get phone calls into uh, the mayor's office to be able to explain and talk about our case of why we were no contact and why we were hoping to stay open and we were allowed to. I was able to call the rest of my car wash community and let the rest of the express car washers know that it was going to be okay that we were allowed to stay open as long as we followed under certain rule sex. The ability, the, the access, the ideas, the motivation, the support that my cohort gave me, it's like nothing I've ever found in San Antonio. I've been asked over and over why I haven't done LSA and the other ones like, and truth be told, like I haven't needed it. Like in 2018, I needed to jump in. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was excited about doing something different. I didn't know where I could continue to be passionate. And NLC gave me a place to continue being passionate. And it did it in a way that I didn't see coming, which for me is more than I can ever ask for. If you can show me something creative and new that's perfect, I, you'd have me forever. And NLC has me forever. The, the, the people in that organization have just been so incredibly wonderful and are always willing to help out or to help me with whatever um, new ridiculous thing I'm trying to do to hopefully improve this city. Um, there's a network of people who are just willing and ready. And, and frankly, I think more of the small business community really need to uh, participate. On the flip side of that, like the education that they gave me in the political and nonprofit scenes in San Antonio, it's more than I could ever ask for. I don't know how those operations worked before. I didn't know where to go, who to talk to, like who needs me, where's what. It's a crash course. I know everything. And now I have all the people I need to affect whatever change I want in this city. I want to be the mayor. It's the first place I'd go. I want to be a councilman. These are the places that I'd go. I want to start my own nonprofit. Same answer. Or... I just really need to spend money because, well, frankly, it makes me feel better about the work that I do making a bunch of money cleaning cars. They'll tell me where to put my money too. They're happy to <laughs> always. And my, I think that's one of my toughest issues with NLC is that I feel that we have uh, so much talent and we just don't have enough money dudes like me who, who can afford to put the kind of money that NLC really deserves into the city. I mean, Frankly, our budget ought to be half a million dollars every year. I think it'd be amazing. Mev would lose her mind. <laughs> I think she's working with like 30. Yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad we're able to round out the, the conversation with that. Just talking about NLC and 
Um, I'm, I'm obviously user. really new at, in terms of the network, in terms of being an alumni, and I'm, I'm really excited to keep expanding on that, attending more events so that I can get to know more of the network and also, of course, build those relationships I've already established with my own cohort, um, including leadership with Mev <laughs> Taylor and Jake and really excited for that. But, um, you know, Nick, I, I really appreciate your time and I appreciate our, our conversation. Before I let you go, though, I, I want to make sure that you kind of plug in Bubble Bath again uh, one last time in terms of where can the listeners find you? Um, you don't have to list every address of every location. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I know all of them. My heart, <laughs> but, <laughs> but where they can find you, where they can follow, um, how can they keep up? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, of course, we are Bubble Bath Car Wash. We have six locations around town. We start in the medical center. We're on the east side on Calabra. We're down on the south side at McCreelis Mall. And then we're right down from North Star and also off of uh, Austin Highway in Alamo Heights. And of course, we're just right off of Balcones, uh, Balcones Heights City off Fredericksburg. Um, and our fifth location has a beautiful mural on it. Um, our big deal, man, is that we uh, sell and love our unlimited membership program. It means that we will give you an RFID sticker that will allow you to wash your car as many times as you want during a year. So pollen season, just wash every day. This time of year, you can wash, you know, every once in a while. And that's why I don't offer rain checks or any other of that stuff. All of our services other than our car wash are free to any of our clientele. And right now you can get uh, a free or rather a month of car washing at any of our four price points for uh, only $10 for the first month. Um, that gets you on our plan. You can wash over and over again. Our wash packages run from $7 to $20, and we offer everything from tire shine to ceramic coating. Um, we love being a member of San Antonio, and thank you so much for inviting us out here uh, to be able to discuss what uh, what we do, uh, what I've done, and uh, and really to continue boosting the, the incredible people that come out of NLC um, and what they're doing for the city and how we can all be a better help. Well, again, I appreciate that, Nick, and uh, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. That's going to wrap up my interview with Nick Lopez and thus another episode of SA Talk. As always, thank you to everyone who supports the podcast, whether it's monetarily or through sharing the episodes and links on social media, sharing via word of mouth, uh, giving me guest ideas, everyone who supports the podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. If you haven't already, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, if you haven't, try to give it a top review, uh, write something nicely in there, please. Please, um, if you can, along with giving it a five-star rating. Um, if you want to keep up with the podcast on social media, if you aren't already, you can find the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SAPod Network. I apologize. Um, you won't see as much content as you're used to seeing in the past, aside from just sharing the episodes. Once I get another co-host on the podcast, or at least someone to help me with the podcast, whether or not it's a co-host, sometime in the future, I think that'll help definitely be much more active on social media. Lastly, if you or any business owners you know are looking to advertise with the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at Zachary at sapodnetwork.com or you can just reach out to me uh, via text. If you have my number, follow me on social media. You can DM me. But thank you all again. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. See you again in a couple of weeks and viva San Antonio. Mm -hmm.